0: Welcome back to the Boys Dynasty Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your co-host, Josh Schaefer. Back again with my other co-host, Sloan Schaefer. Sloan, say hi.
1: What's up, boys? What a good week of fantasy football.
0: Oh, it was good to be back. Let me tell you, I was standing in the Museum of Modern Art, just checking my phone, waiting for those games to kick off. And I was just so sad. You know, I'm still glad to be at the, in, in, in New York, but let me tell you, I was wishing I was at my TV watching Red Zone just for about an hour, just to get a little taste of what it was like. Sloan, did you watch a lot of football this weekend?
1: The minute leading up to the 1 p.m. games, I was just sitting there like, oh my gosh, it's finally happening. Like, I had two laptops with uh, games on them, I had my TV with the game on it, and then I had my sleeper app pulled up on my iPad. I mean, I was in it, man. It was so exciting. Um and I can't wait to do it again next week.
0: I know. I'm going to have to miss again next week because I'll still Josh. be here. I know. I watched a decent amount of football. Don't get me wrong. I watched basically the whole Sunday night game. And then I probably watched the last hour and a half of the afternoon games. But I went to a Broadway show instead of uh, finishing up the one o'clock game. So, wow. Just you know. clenching
1: your fist the entire time. I, I Didn't your team look pretty good early in the day?
0: Well, going into the day, I think I was still like, it wasn't really until the night game that things truly fell apart. I think even early in the game, I was early in the day. I just didn't have a lot of players playing. I think I only had one guy playing in the one o'clock games or, or something. And so it really got bad as the, the day went on, but I had no regrets. My thought was I could push to stay home right now and watch football and you know, maybe my team does great and I'm super glad that I did. But there's no way I remember that day that I spent watching football. You know, like fantasy football is more about the culmination of weeks of watching rather than, you know, one one day of football. So I'm glad I saw the show. It was better than watching fantasy football. It actually was. Yeah, I think oh, you're watching right. football.
1: Yeah, but, I, I think you're right yeah. about that. I don't I don't know if I necessarily remember any specific weeks. No. And actually, the act of watching the games, um, but just seeing your team throughout the season build up those points and get the table points—that that's really what the enjoyment is. And honestly, Tuesday, Wednesday—I mean, those are really the big days of uh, trying to figure out what you're going to do next week. I mean, I could—I would say those are the more exciting than even watching the games in some weeks.
0: Yeah, I would agree. I mean, it's Tuesday and Wednesday are incredible so fun to do trades and get everything done and and honestly when i'm when i'm watching the games i was looking at my screen time yesterday and even though i wasn't even watching the games i spent an hour and 20 minutes on the sleeper app like that is insane like and i wasn't even watching most of the games i had two hours watching youtube tv where i watched red zone a little bit throughout the day and then an hour and 20 minutes on sleeper so literally more time almost more time spent watching fantasy football than real football. That's where my life is at this point.
1: I think that's what you should expect out of week one of the fantasy football season, especially (laughs) with a general manager as in, just as involved as you are and as excited about it.
0: I was so pumped and I was so devastated at the same time. Mm -hmm. You know, I can put on a brave face for this podcast um, and not just talk about my, my, my own team. I know other other people uh, would be less likely to do that. But. I'm
1: curious to hear everyone else's experience. So what I do during the games on a Sunday, I'll have the Sleep app pulled up and just watching the projected points for each team and for each <laughs> fantasy team and seeing where it is trending is, I think, the most exciting way to do it. Don't look at, you know, I think you can go into the team selection on the app and it'll show the actual points and it'll show the projected points for the start of the game. But if you go into the league and look at the projected points and even go into each matchup, even though they're not really matchups and seeing the little red projected points, meaning that your players projected less now than he was at the beginning of the game. And just seeing those trends and at least on my team, looking at the projected points and just all of them being red, like, okay, yeah, this is not going how I thought it was going to be. But I think overall, at least early in the day, There weren't that many teams that were projected more than they were projected at the start of the games. Like it was, it seemed bad early on.
0: Yeah, the game started real slow. One o'clock started real slow. And that's why I was glad I wasn't watching because I knew I just would have been feeling bad. But like a true degenerate, um, you know, I, I go through the stages of grief with my team, but in like a different way, where when I'm watching the projected points like you do. I'll get to a point in the game where I'll be like, oh, this guy's only projected for like two more points. He's definitely going to get more than two points. You know, like I should feel good about this. He's going to do better. And then inevitably it just doesn't happen. You know, like literally I was watching, I was watching the, the chiefs Cardinals game. I was watching the fourth quarter. It was like 44 to seven. And I'm like, come on, Kyler you can do this. Like, <laughs> let's see some, let's see some garbage time. Literally CBS had the game on and they switched it to another game because the game was so bad, but I went and sought it out just to, just to make myself feel a little bit better about the disaster that was unfolding. That's but, tough. Uh, it's fun. I love, I love it. I mean, like you said, it's a season, it's a season. So yeah. I'm not, it's it's tough not to get too caught up in the week one overreactions, but I still think there's some fun takeaways that we can have, and I think that's what we're gonna do. Just kind of go through the league highlight. I know there's still the Monday night game to be played, but the table is pretty much set. There could be a few team movement here or there, but I don't think anything too significant. so let's start it with you. You know, what was your your biggest takeaway it could be from your team could be from somebody else's team I imagine it will probably be from your team knowing you but well, what was your I'll, biggest takeaway for week one
1: I'll go through my team just really quick quarterbacks <laughs> quarterbacks weren't as bad as I thought they were going to be with Kirk Cousins and Jared Goff McCaffrey was a little bit of a disappointment Cook played okay also scored less than projected Devonte Adams is incredible Derek Carr is a good quarterback for him Tyreek uh, surprisingly hit his projected points I didn't think he was going to Gusecki Welcome to the Gasicki experience. I expected him to either do well or not do well. And he got me 0.6. Fournette played well. Cooks played well. Gabe Davis. You all saw my group me messages on Thursday night. Um, And then I am planning on going through all the taxi squads and seeing who, which player scored the most that is currently on a taxi squad. But Xander Horvath, pretty cool pickup. Seeing him get 7.8 points is pretty sweet. Uh, So that was my team. But I think the most interesting part of the, the uh, day yesterday, I think, was seeing Mike's team fluctuate as much as it did and actually being pretty competitive. Uh, right now, he's at 112.9 points. Uh, Josh, you're projected to finish 113.72, and Matt is at 112.10. So Matt uh, is... Looking like he's gonna finish what is that, third to last, um, and Mike fourth to last, if I'm looking at that correctly. But um without going into specifics, just seeing how everybody has fallen into place as a whole, um has been really exciting. What about you? Yeah.
0: I'll talk about your team. Your team had a had a decent showing. I mean, your tight end room is an absolute disaster. I think that's not an overreaction. I mean Gesicki you know I don't want to go too deep but his route participation this week was only 41% which is a disgustingly low number for any kind of receiving option typically a wide receiver 3 for context has a route participation somewhere between 70 and 80%. So there's that's where Gasicki
1: is landing. I was uh, thinking about in week 1. What I needed to do with my tight ends all day today just cuz there's I have basically nobody. Um, yeah and, and, yeah, and I can tell you
0: Mike doesn't have any tight ends either for you just and that's, so you know, yeah son. I
1: agree except ends for are tough. maybe
0: Friermuth but I don't think Mike would want to get rid of him so just so you know the other guys Gerald Everett is a sham do not let Mike <laughs> tell you that Gerald Everett is actually a good player just as a heads up yeah I don't um, think I would take him but for your team I mean decent showing like you said QBs did okay I think that's about you know what you can expect from Goff and Cousins Obviously, Devontae Adams had a really good day. You just really didn't have any misses across the board. You know, Devontae, I, I think everybody else just kind of did maybe slightly above average to average for their position. McCaffrey's usage was a little concerning.
1: Yeah. Um, that I, offense I just looked bad for most better. of the game.
0: Yes. In terms of Mike's team that you called out, um, half his points came from two players. So, and one of those was Clyde Edwards, Alaire. So (laughs) Mike's probably feeling this good or good this week, but I don't know if, uh, that's like a sustainable way to continue with. No,
1: uh, no, not at all
0: with Clyde as your, as your second best performer. So, you know, whatever my big call outs, obviously Dylan's team. Yeah. We got to talk about Dylan. Um, I don't want to overreact. You know, you're not going to get 30 points from Carson Wentz ever again, probably, maybe in the rest of his NFL career. But uh, even with some duds like Travis Etienne and Kyle Pitts, guys you would expect maybe to do a little bit better. Uh, I mean, for sure, Kyle Pitts. But, um, you know, I think obviously the team went crazy. Justin Jefferson was wild, Swift, mm-hmm. Josh Allen. Hardly missed and still had some good production on the bench with Christian Kirk. And honestly, Chase Claypool, you're fine with him getting seven and a half. But my big call out for the week, honestly, is Brian's team. Um,
1: Why is that Josh?
0: This is a coll- I think this is an, this is an absolute collapse because this is not an overreaction. This is, I don't, I don't want to overreact to week one. I don't want to get in that headspace, but Cam makers three carries. This is a problem. This is a real problem. This is the danger of the Achilles. Mm -hmm. You know, James Robinson had a good week one, but three carries, that means they're seeing something there. There's a real concern. And then also you have Elijah Mitchell, who is now confirmed to be out for two months with the sprained MCL. Devontae Smith, zero. Brian had two starting players put up zeros this week. Devonte Smith, I think you're a little concerned about. They just played the worst offense, or one of the worst defenses in the NFL. Put up 38.
1: That's and the Devante big thing. Smith
0: didn't get a single catch. They put up
1: 38.
0: Yeah. Exactly. Without I mean, the I, need
1: I, of Devonte Smith.
0: Totally. I mean, fortunately, Brian has Michael Carter and Brees Hall, but unfortunately, neither one of them is the guy. So you're going to be playing a split backfield on a bad offense who you can't trust reliably to have, you know, rushing volume. Fortunately, they're good receivers, but I think there's some real fear in, in Brian's room after week one about like, could there be a Waffle House repeat repeat? And it's because he's 20. He's by the end of the night, he'll probably be 20 points behind ninth place and last place. So, I think that is the scariest thing. I think everybody else's team, you know, maybe might, I don't want to over-index on my team, but maybe a bit surprising how poorly it did, because I think I have what might be the best, one of the better starting lineups. Um, But everybody else's team, I think, did pretty average. Like you said, everybody underperformed their projections besides Dylan. So it was a pretty low-scoring week. Mm -hmm. But I think what happened with Brian's team is, it's bigger than just like an unfortunate week one. I think that's how I feel about my team. Like that sucks that it happened this week. But with if I'm Brian right now, I am I am sweating about what's going to happen for the rest of the year.
1: I do think it'll level out for Brian. I don't think his team is as bad as 86 points each week. And I don't think Mike's team is as good as 112 points each week. But Brian's been to Waffle House once. If he wants to do it again. I think he'd probably be the best person to do it. And it might be better (laughs) for the league because if Mike goes, we're going to have a tough time actually getting him to go. Um, But it was one week out of how many total weeks of the regular season do we have? 13? Uh, I think
0: playoffs start week 14. 14. Or playoffs start week 15. 15, 16, 17.
1: We're barely into the season. Brian's got time to make it back up. Um, But it is – yeah it is interesting looking at some of these i mean josh or uh, i see every time i see josh allen fan page i always think of you and then uh i look at dylan's house on austin's team and i always think of dylan (laughs) but um dylan's team right now is 171 points is projected to have 183 i mean that's almost 100 more than brian's that's such a big gap between first and last and Man, I've said it before, and I'll say it again, but I don't think you can just mortgage your whole team on your future and your whole fantasy uh, experience on hoping that the future will play out as you hope it to play out. I think you need to have some guys now that will actually perform. And, yeah, Brian just got – he got screwed this week. It's tough.
0: So, I cannot fucking wait for your team to be bad. I am so pumped for when – your team is just in the gutter, and you have to figure out how to actually be a dynasty manager. Because right now, you're in your team is a redraft team. I admire the hustle of Brian's team. You've got some good rookies, right? Like these guys. You know, obviously Drake London and Brees Hall weren't going to win in the league this year. I mean, Brian's whole goal this year is to stay away from Waffle House.
1: Hmm. Yeah. And, finish second to last.
0: Yeah, finish second to last. That that would be a, a perfect finish for Brian. But this is part of building a dynasty. Unless you get insanely lucky like Dylan and you draft a perfect a nearly perfect team on the startup draft day and have to do nothing whatsoever in order to actually participate in a dynasty league, this is the experience of what it's like when you're not a contender. And the thing is, Sloan, for a team like yours, you're maybe good this year. Maybe even next year you'll be okay. But after that year, you know, there's not going to be teams that are going to want to be buying those pieces. So you're going to have to start playing dynasty football within the next year or two, and I'm looking forward to how that goes.
1: I know how to ride this roller coaster, Josh. I'll sell when I need to sell, and I'll buy when I need to buy. I'm going to win the league league this season.
0: (laughs) You're not going to win this
1: year. (laughs) And then that's, and I talked about this. I don't know if it was last podcast or if it was off, off the air. How many bad seasons does a title in this league give you? I would take three bad seasons. If it means I get to win a title this season, I would be happy with that. And I, if it comes down to me having to make moves to win this uh, league this year, then I'll do that later in the season. And if that, you know, hurts me for the next two to three years i'm okay with that so and you set your team up in a similar position you set your team up to win this season so you're going to be looking just like me a year or two from now if you don't start well, i have three
0: future. 2023 first next
1: it's year. a bad draft just... you haven't heard that next year's a bad draft you don't know what you're talking about man
0: you're right it is a bad draft <laughs> i wish i had your team man that would be great i'd love yeah. to be putting up 141 with Jared Goff in the starter. Oh, Hey, you know what? I'll have Davis Impressive. Mills there next week. So we'll have a comparable uh, uh, QB two going forward. Hey
1: man, the Dak injury, I don't think, I mean, obviously it's a bummer because he's a great fantasy player, but I mean, you do have, I mean, Davis Mills played great. And I know it was against sort of an injured Colts defense without Shaq Leonard out there, but uh, he'll get you enough points. Um, obviously not as many as you think Dak would get you, but. I don't think the DAC injury is super bad, especially how many weeks were they saying he's going to be out? Six to eight. Six to eight. Okay. Yeah. Well, just tread water until then and hopefully make a playoff push at that point. But um, yeah. Yeah. A week
0: went overreaction. This is the rule of Sloan. We cannot overreact. You need at least two or three weeks to form any, at least three weeks to really form any kind of conclusive data point. So yeah.
1: Can we point out on goods team? Being as of right now, second to last this week, bad. I just feel uh, like this
0: was a fluke or like a genuine bad moment.
1: I don't think he has that great of a team. Um, Hunter Renfro that he he, six targets, and seeing how Devontae Adams, how well he played, it kind of is tough for Renfro and I mean, he had some, some boom guys on his team. Hurts played really well, uh, and A.J. Dillon as well. But, oh, my gosh, he had so many low points. And when you have – I mean, he's got Mike Williams. That's just – that's a <laughs> that's a lottery ticket each week right there. Um, and it's just – I don't know. I don't know if you have a better analysis of his, his team, but just looking at it right now and seeing all the low-scoring players that he has and looking at his bench as well and not seeing uh, much out of – Michael Thomas, he's going to be a hundred percent start the rest of the season, I think. Um, Yeah. So hopefully that'll give him some, uh, some added boost that he needs.
0: Yeah. I think it's tough. I mean, Alvin Kamara you think is going to get you more than six points in a week. So I would say that is a, that's like a bust to me, like a bust week for six points for Alvin Kamara. I think he'll do better. You know, I, I think, you're definitely going to get more points out of Mike Williams, Hunter Renfro, and Darnell Mooney. There's no way they're going to get you two points a week. Like, that's just – those are insane. I don't – I'm not a fan of Mike Williams personally. I think his year last year was a bit of a fluke um, because he's had so many bad years. And he did have seasons with Justin Herbert. He just – he's kind of like a wide receiver three. That's what mm-hmm. he's proven to be. But I think with Mooney – He's gonna be better, I think. Renfro will continue to get more volume. Teams will focus in on Devontae Adams. Um, you know, obviously he's proven that he's hard to contain, regardless. But I don't know. I don't. I don't think Anga needs to hit the panic button just yet. I think it's maybe a a bit of a reality check of like, are the playoffs in in in? Is there a chance for playoffs this year? Eh, maybe not. But he just made some unfortunate lineup decisions. If he would have started Michael Thomas, yeah. I think DJ Chark, Hunter Renfro can be a bit of a toss-up. Um, and, you know, Mike Williams and Darnell Mooney, maybe they get five or six more points. You're suddenly in the 130 range, which is a very respectable place to be. You know, you're buy, buying for fifth, sixth, seventh. So a, a, a fine week, in my opinion.
1: And, and then on shout good, out to
0: Tommy's team. Yeah. Well, give good, he
1: looking- made the playoffs last season, correct? He did make the playoffs. Ah, that's, that's tough. tough. Anyway.
0: But I I do want to shout out Tommy's team. Some below average performances. No George Kittle in week one, but still putting up a respectable 130 points, even with three from Aaron Rodgers. So that's a pretty impressive uh showing from Tommy's team, I would say. Especially, yeah. You know, there's no, there's no real, Studs to call out there, and he got Rashad Bateman, Tyler Boyd on the bench. James Robinson had a really good return week from the Achilles injury. Um, you know,
1: yeah, I week it's, one, uh, it's tough because you play guys who you think are going to do well and who are going to get the touches that you think they'll get. But it's really, I think, the adjustments you make from week one to week two, once you finally have that information of who is actually going to be playing. And uh giving you the opportunity to score points, I think next week will be a better indicate- indicator of how good each team actually is.
0: yeah, I agree, yeah, we just gotta give it time i mean don't we don't want to fall into the anchoring effect of you know when we have a limited amount of information, this is where we make all of our assumptions because. A lot of these quarterbacks, a lot of these starters did not play in the preseason. You know, there's so many injuries. Teams do not want to play their starters. So this was mm-hmm. the first field time for a lot of different teams. And it's going to take some time to work the kinks out and figure out who is actually good, who is bad, who's going to be there long term. So any other thoughts from you, Celine, on this week's results that you wanted to go over?
1: Um, I don't I don't think so. I think we okay. we pretty much covered it, um, and I'm before excited we to move see, on. I'm excited oh. to see some trades happening. Uh, no I think media. this will be a big yes. big trade time for the season. So, yes, I agree.
0: So, before we move on, this is a surprise for you. You weren't prepared for this topic when we set out at the onset of the podcast, but it's something right. I think the listeners need to learn more about or understand what's going on. Um, because it's, it's coming up kind of frequently. So obviously we're all a part of the boys dynasty group me. And in that group me, basically every time you're hyping up your team, you're always shitting on one team without fail. That team. It's Mike Woods, Mike Woods team. And I think everybody just wants to know Sloan. What's going on with all the Mike Woods slander. Uh, You know, it always, anytime you're talking up your team, you have to put down Mike's team. So what's what's driving that for you this season?
1: Back in college, Mike (laughs) loved going to Windsor and getting waffles. And it just surprises me and kind of offends me that he is so adamant against going to Waffle House when he loves waffles so much that he's not willing to spend 24 hours eating them it's a little it just feels disrespectful and i just i want him to go to waffle house so bad that i'm just gonna do everything i can to get into his mind to help him make bad decisions for his team to put him where he needs to be and that's inside a waffle house
0: so you're really just speaking it into existence when you're bringing it into the
1: into the group meet i just think it'd be so fun to see him go oh i mean he'd be <laughs> absolutely... and, and it's not because i don't like the guy it's because he is he's so against going like if if austin was so vocal about not going to waffle house then i would want i would be you know talking bad about austin's team all season and and trying to make sure he goes it's just because Mike put that target on his own back because he's talked about how much he doesn't want to go. That I just, I want to see it happen.
0: Oh, man,
1: it's hilarious. Literally
0: anytime Mike says something to the to me, you're just like, Oh, well your team sucks. And then he tells <laughs> you, this is my strategy. And you're like, yeah, your strategy sucks.
1: Well, we also went completely opposite directions at the beginning of the dynasty league. I wanted players who were going to help me win now. And he just, I mean, before we even drafted to start the league, he's like, yeah, I'm just I'm not going to win this season or even next season. But the season (laughs) after that, that'll be my season. So just different uh, strategies overall, I think also adds to the fire.
0: Oh, man, it's a hoot every time because Mike always gets pissed. (laughs) so easy you bait him so hard every
1: time (laughs) i will say i can't remember what was happening but i was saying stuff before the game started and then the game or i was i think it was from me stemmed from me talking about gabe davis thursday and then my team's just not playing well early saturday or sunday and then me actually getting kind of frustrated like Dang it, like I really hyped my team up and now it's going to suck it. But then we made a late day comeback yesterday. So I'm, uh, I'm back to talking as much trash as I can.
0: Yeah, I'm proud of you, but also quite annoyed by it because you know so little about fantasy football that, like, when you kind of get going in the grooming, it's just kind of like, and maybe next week we'll have to do the uh, the rankings of teams that we both, you know, that we want the most to fail. Hmm. Um, because I think it's kind of an interesting, an interesting thing to exercise to do just to see where we're at. Cause I, I think it's a constantly changing thing. You know, you have really been lifting yourself up the rankings the last few weeks with your nonstop shit talking about <laughs> your <laughs> slightly above average team and, um, and just, Every time you're like, oh, you don't need draft picks. You can pick someone up on waivers. I'm just...
1: I mean, look at who I picked up, man. I've got guys who are performing that I picked up off waivers. Devin Duvernay. Oh, my goodness. What a pickup by me. Nicole Hardman I picked up late last season. Oh, my gosh. Gabe Davis. (laughs) I can keep going, man. This
0: is why we don't over-index on week one, Sloan.
1: Well this might be the only time of the season where I'm happy with my team's performance. So I'm going to milk it for all I can. Yeah. yeah. Shout
0: out on the Devin Duvernay and Nicole Hardman ad. Those are, those are going to get you a dev, I'm sure. I'm sure of it. <laughs> you never know, yeah. man. All well, right, thanks let's... for clearing that up. Sloan. I've, been, yeah, no I've problem. been quite curious about what's been going on there and, and kind of the beef, you know, I feel like there's a Sloan. Normally I'm the one beefing with Mike over some kind of rules change or I'm just like, but it's nice to be on the outside looking in for once where I can just appreciate it. And I, and it makes me know that when I have passionate opinions in the groovy, now that I'm finally able to be an onlooker, I know you all appreciate it uh, when you're not involved because it's fun to watch uh, grown men get mad at each other over fantasy football. So yeah, that's why we
1: signed up for the league for sure. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. Do we want to run down the projected table?
0: Yes, let's do... Let's start from the bottom. Yep. Who do you... Okay, yeah. Let's hear your projections for the table. A decent chunk of it is locked up, but there's still some movement that can happen. So, what are you thinking is going to happen after Monday night's game? Uh,
1: Well, Brian last, on good, second to last. So, that'd be... Yeah, so 10th, 9th. 8th is looking to be... Ooh, see, that's where it gets really tight. 8th is... I, mm, You know, I hate to say it, but I think... Eighth might be you, Josh.
0: I think there's a good chance of that. Yeah. yeah.
1: It's just, and I say that just because you still have about ten points of projected points still there that you still need to capture, whereas Matt and Mike are their points are set. And I think it's just it's difficult when the players have haven't actually captured those points yet. So I think you'll you might be eighth. And then Matt will be seventh. Mike will be sixth. Incredible. Uh, who's after that? We got a big jump after that. It would be Colin at fifth. No. Yeah, Colin at fifth. No. Yeah, I think it'll be Colin at fifth because he still has a lot projected left. Tommy at fourth. Austin at third. Me at second. And Josh at or Gosh, I keep doing that. Dylan at one. Mm. Yeah. What do you think with the ones who still have projected points to play? Do you think you could pull out a performance that'll put you past Matt and Mike?
0: I've got DK Metcalf left to play. And he's the kind of like this. He's the kind of player sleeper will project a lot of players in like the 10 point range. Like, for example, who's a really shitty guy who could be projected to 10 points, who, you know, is never going to get 10 points. Maybe like a Gasicki uh, is a great point. He might be projected for seven, right? And you're like, mm-hmm. man, Gasicki, he's never going to get seven points. But I think DK Metcalf falls in the range of guys where you're like, is it would, would 20 points really surprise me from DK Metcalf? Not really. I mean, he's the wide receiver one the last two years. So, you know, I think if I, if I, I think, the odds that he ends up right around the 10-point mark, uh, probably lower, but I think I could pull it off. I have a, the right guy in order to do it, who I feel confident in, not just some, you know, loser who I'm throwing out on the field. I agree with you. Um, obviously, Brian last. Ongood second to last. Um, good does have potential, though. I mean, Judy could go off. Ongut only needs 20 points in order to yeah. kind of make the jump and put Matt in the second to last. 20 yeah. points. Sounds like a lot, but a receiver gets one touchdown and an average, excuse me, one touchdown in an average game, you know, that's at least 10 or 11.
1: I'm so looking at the weather report, though, and I think it's going to be rainy,
0: rainy in Seattle.
1: Mm-hmm. It in, it's in Seattle. It is in Seattle.
0: I know we got a lot of a lot of smoke, smoke. It's a smoke game. Uh-huh. No, no rain tonight in Seattle. It's the Are smoke sure? game. All right,
1: sleeper yeah, app is lying to me. To
0: forecast. Yeah, I'm on, I'm looking at it right now. I'm, I'm I've got it on my weather app because I live there. Okay. <laughs> um, but it's the smoke game today. We got a lot of smoke in the Seattle area, so I'm hoping to see some. Uh, I'm hoping Russ doesn't cook because of all the smoke. <laughs> mm. And uh, I'm hoping we get a good showing from DK. But yeah, I, I think. I, and honestly, it comes back to the point of I think this time, 10 times out of 10, I would take the 10 projected points over any outcome for DK Metcalf. And maybe that's just because I know it would bolt me up two places in the standings. But, man, the projected points, it just feels like sh- such a shit show. I honestly wish that it didn't even show it in the app. Yeah. Because it, it is it is actually unhelpful. It doesn't help with anything. If anything, it just makes me feel bad because I am like, oh, this guy's gonna get more. Like, how stupid is this app for me thinking that I'm gonna get more than this? So
1: in Mike's does uh Mike's table document, it does show the projected points for each team uh, that was set before the games, correct?
0: Uh, I think I don't know if he still does that. I, I think, think he we a me over a version of it. Okay, well. I think the version he sent me over does not do that because no. I'm using it for another league that I'm in. Okay. We have a max points four view where you can see like if you would have set the right. optimal lineup, what you would have been. But I don't think he has any kind of view for. Uh, okay. For projections, which I'm glad about because fuck projections, they're dumb. They ruined me, so I don't even care about them this year.
1: Yeah. Uh, it All is right. what it is.
0: All right. Well, cool. Short podcast today. I know we're a little early. I'm traveling. I'll be in Indiana next week, so maybe Sloan, we could do an in-person podcast.
1: Oh, so be that fun. could be kind of fun. You come, uh, come up to the the new rental house I'm in. I could show you around. Oh
0: yeah, I forgot you're in your new place. That's exciting. Yeah. Nice Acoustics seem space. pretty
1: nice. There's no dog barking yeah, in the background, so that's good. That's true. Shout that out, Gus, Gus. Does
0: have a tendency to
1: bark. Right <laughs>
0: That's, that's, a, that's a fact. Fun stuff. Okay. Yeah, we'll get that cool. scheduled. Yes, we'll do it in person. We'll do it in person. Cool. All right. Good talking,
1: Sloan. Good luck this week. Can't wait to watch the game tonight. Talk soon. Yep, see ya.